0: ladies and gentlemen welcome to the netflix and swill podcast your source for netflix news reviews and booze i'm caleb
1: and i uh have nothing clever for this
0: how are you i'm doing well i'm uh really really deep in the weeds with uh breath of the wild again i'm okay. uh, uh out of 120 shrines that you can do in the game, I'm at 117 trying Jesus. to find those last 3. I've never gotten all of them before, but you get a a special armor set if you get all of them. So,
1: you get a special Deku nut for getting all of them. Yeah.
0: Um yeah, you get the uh the armor of the wild, which is like the traditional like
2: green Link outfit. Hmm. Which is cool. Mhm. How are you? I am
1: fine. I have the PlayStation 5 in my home. Uh this thing could be a fucking murder weapon with how massive it is. Uh some of you might know it as the uh PlayStation Kybcorp based off of how it looks. Yeah. Uh, but
0: so how how uh many hundreds of hours have you put into Bug Snacks?
1: Uh none yet. But it's on the list. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it is on the list. It is a Uh, free PlayStation Plus game that I could get, and everyone could get. So you could have it now, uh, assuming you have a PlayStation Plus subscription, uh, and you don't have to have a PlayStation Five to have it. So uh, get your bug snacks now.
0: Bug snacks. Uh, I watched Video Game Donkey's video about it, and uh, it was very funny.
1: It's made by the same people who made Octodad: Dadliest Catch.
0: Which is a, eh, a funny joke sense. game
1: that everyone memed on. So this this game also became a meme, and they really leaned into the meme of it.
0: I really like Docto Dad.
1: Uh, I don't think I've played it actually. I might have it on PlayStation Plus, but I don't. I couldn't tell you for sure.
0: I don't blame you for not playing it. It's almost impossible to play. What else? Anything else new?
1: No, the PlayStation Five is is fine. Uh, I'm playing Miles Morales on it right now. Uh I've pl- already platinumed uh Astro Playroom which was a a pack-in game basically. That and that was fun. That took me about what? I'll say like 7 hours to beat and then platinum and, and get all the trophies for. So, you know, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. But uh Miles Morales super fun. It's another Spider-Man game and uh the Spider the 2018 Spider-Man game on PlayStation 4 was fun, and this is just as fun.
0: Did they bring back the Spider-Verse voice cast at all? No,
1: they did not. This is their own voice cast they cast for the game, Uh, but the Spider-Verse suit is in the game, and you can include uh, Spider-Verse costume effects uh, and other such things. So, like, the, the costume will run at, like, I think it's 20, whatever frame rate it ran for the um, for the for the movie, which I'm assuming is 24. Uh, it runs at that as opposed to 60 frames for everything else. It trips me out sometimes, but uh, I'll, I'll, other times it looks like really cool. So, it's probably my favorite suit to use right now. It's up there with the uh, the comic book accurate Spider-Man from like the uh, the original game. They had one that looked like the uh, original Spider-Man costume. Uh, And it basically looked like it was from a comic book the whole time. And I ran with that because I just thought that was cool. So yeah, Uh, play Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Spider-Man on on your PlayStation consoles today. I
0: I recommend both games. I don't have a PlayStation 5 and probably won't until...
2: It's not $500?
0: Something that's like a system seller for me. Uh, I don't think they're
1: gonna release Shenmue 4 anytime soon, so... (laughs) (laughs)
0: Fucking... Oh, shit. I I still haven't even finished Shenmue 3. They... You fucking don't even get the guy who killed your dad at the end. (laughs) We'll fucking get him in Shenmue 4 on the fucking PlayStation 7 in 2032.
1: So, just for laughs, I looked at your profile the other day. And I saw that you had Platinum three games.
0: One was yep. Subnautica. Uh, Subnautica and yep. both Shenmue's.
1: Yep. So one was Subnautica, and I knew that because you play that the most. But then I was like, oh, Shenmue 1 and 2. Well, that just makes perfect sense because Caleb would only Platinum those games.
0: I was trying to Platinum Monster Hunter World, but it's really fucking time-consuming, and yes. I don't like that game that much. Yes. Um, I don't know. I, I tried to play through Subnautica again, but... They uh, had a recent patch come out for it on the PlayStation,
2: and it completely fucking broke the game. Well, that's good. Yeah, good job. There's nothing like breaking your game.
0: Uh, Well, let's do a segment to kick off the show called What's Your Swill?
1: Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these
2: cans! (laughs) Stay away from the cans!
0: Uh, what are you drinking, friend? Well, Vanessa got some, uh, some Kool-Aid mix called Sharkleberry Finn and made that. And, uh, I, mi- I mixed that r- right up with some Captain Morgan white rum, didn't I?
1: Sure. Makes sense. Fru- fruit-ish it's, drink.
0: It's okay. Yeah. I oh, it's Kool-Aid. It tastes
2: like I'm poor. <laughs>
1: Now, Kool-Aid's even too expensive for poor people.
2: Okay. Uh, I guess you don't I, like I don't me know. shitting
0: I'd... on poor people. <laughs> not going not gonna to throw any more shade at Kool-Aid fans.
1: <laughs> it's, that's fair. Uh, as per usual, I'm drinking a gin and tonic. Uh, so, a lot of you will remember from last week, I was drinking the Yingling Hershey's Chocolate Porter. And uh, normally, if I like something, I will leave enough of it around for the following week's episode. Maybe even the following following week's episode. Uh, however, I hated this so much that I was like, I have to finish this as soon as possible. So I don't feel compelled to drink it. Uh, so I slowly went through it until one night where I was like, ah, I have time. I'll just pound through three of these because I already have the taste in my mouth. So it's not even going to get any worse. So it's gone. Thank <laughs> God.
0: Hooray. It's not fair. There was time now.
1: Yeah, I don't want want time for that. Get the f- No. No. It was- No. No, it was awful. Just a bad choice all around. Uh, don't get that. If you, uh, remember anything from this- from this show, don't get that, Porter.
0: Alright. And with that, we'll move into some news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. Uh, Space Force is going to have a second season, uh, even though Donald Trump is dead, mm-hmm. and they've lost all their jokes, because it was a joke about the Orange Man bad.
1: Yeah, that's really what it was. That's, they went, oh, Space Force, that's gonna be hilarious. Let's just write a show about that. And now that Trump is out of office, because they waited too long to even come up with a concept, it's it's dead now. Why why are you still trying this?
2: Uh, yeah.
1: That being said, they are making some changes. Uh, first and foremost, they're moving production from Los Angeles to Vancouver because it's cheaper to shoot in Canada. And uh, Norm Hiscock, which I'm sure is exactly how you pronounce his name and will not be pronounced any other way that makes it not sound like his cock, uh, will be... Co-show running alongside Greg Daniels, among his cock's credits, are Brooklyn Nine-Nine,
2: <laughs>
1: Parks and Recreation, and King of the Hill. So, Caleb, with all man. of these changes, and by his
0: cock is pretty talented. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, this poor man! Why didn't you just change your name, you fucking idiot? You have money.
0: I wonder. I wonder what other things his cock can do.
1: I'd like to see his cock delve into the drama genre. Uh, uh, So, with this change of showrunners, do you care enough to revisit season two? Give it a second chance.
0: Nah, I didn't really care about the first season. I mean, if we have nothing else to watch, we can watch it. I'm sure it's going to be popular, but... I don't know, it's just... I
2: didn't really think it was that funny. No. I, I fairly, I, like, I pretty much agree. It
1: went, oh, this was fine. Like, there were some jokes, yeah. but altogether all it wasn't like they build it. Because it's like, it's Greg Daniels, creator of The Office, or, like, co-creator of The Office, and then Steve Carell, star of The Office. Like, you, you're expecting magic, and what you got was kind of bland, unfunny. Uh, it's, it just yeah. didn't work.
0: Next up, the price increase that we talked about a couple weeks ago uh, that's going into effect with December billing cycles.
1: Yeah, Uh, I posted an email I got from Netflix saying that our price will go up in our December billing cycle. So that's really all it is. Uh, I thought it was immediate, and everyone reporting on it said it was immediate, and it turns out it's not immediate. It's December billing cycles. So for those of you in the US, uh, get your payment. Changes made. If you want to s- stop being a subscriber of Netflix, ch- cancel before December. Okay. The next story is that David Fincher has signed a four-year production deal with Netflix. Uh, he he revealed this in basically in a uh, an interview, saying that, oh yeah, uh, with Mang, uh, like Mank out of the way, I just signed on with Netflix because I wanted to do more stuff. Basically, it lamented the fact that he's only directed 10 movies in a 40-year career. So... <laughs> Look for more movies from David Fincher to come to Netflix.
0: Yeah. Um, so if this is anything like other recent Netflix deals, uh, they paid him $100 million and he's going to produce two and a half things.
1: I mean, over a four-year production deal, not the worst. Could be. Yeah, it, could, it could be much worse. It could be, you know, Kenyon Barris' deal where no. he's, he's produced one thing. And it took him three years to do it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I was kind of being a smartass, but I guess if he does two whole things, that would actually be kind of amazing. (laughs) Well. Uh, Relative to what some other people have done. This is true.
1: All right. And our final story is that Umbrella Academy has been renewed for a third season. This goes to show how much Netflix hates our show because they keep putting out this garbage instead of making good things.
0: Yeah. Um... Don't know, it's like uh like big mouth, I think I just saw like a fourth season of big for big mouth, yes, that is correct, um, so people people love this trash, this shit is delicious.
1: Netflix, they got a court order that says, you gotta step making shit bum, bum, bum. unfortunately they they'll just pay off the judge because they have that kind of money so they don't have to follow the court order
2: I don't know Uh,
0: Netflix is really starting to have a case of the adult swims which is where they uh, produce a bunch of cheap schlocky shit because they know like people are going to watch it and they can make a million dollars off a ten thousand dollar series real quick rather than like Making ten million dollars off of an eight million dollar series,
2: yeah,
1: yeah, pretty much. Like they're they're going for the easy money as opposed to the the grinded out money. Which like, fine, that's fine. Uh, I said that was always allowed, but I don't know. Kind of sucks considering the fact that there's a lot of better content that's less profitable than, you know. Shit like Umbrella Academy, which is not in any way quality whatsoever, and they just keep putting it out because people watch it, and that's what it comes down to: is uh, watch programs that interest you. If you don't, if you don't watch them, Netflix will stop making them.
0: Yeah, I'm not mad that people like Umbrella Academy. I just disagree. Yeah. Well, let's keep the train rolling and do. The downstream segment. Baby, I can't control the internet. (laughs) That's my favorite line! This bloated mess of a segment where I had to watch all of these trailers.
1: You sure did.
0: Uh, The first one is Riding with Sugar. When his dreams crash into reality, a young Joshua needs to make a decision. One that will rewrite his wrongs uh, or prove his fate right. It's a difficult sentence to pronounce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, starring Hakeem Kazim and Charles Mnene. I hope I got those names uh, approximate. No. Hashtag Riding with Sugar arrives November 27th. Uh, it's about a kid who wants to do BMX,
2: and then he gets hit by a car. Yeah, that's friendship. Uh, what did you think? That well, looks fine. I don't know. I don't
0: don't normally get all hyped up about dramas. It's not really
2: my steez. You're, you're, you're what? My steez. D- do kids still say that? No. Okay. Well, I'm bringing it back. I'm being retro. Okay. <laughs>
1: there's uh, I, there's I... a
0: bunch of like 30 and 40 somethings furiously Googling right now
1: sure uh i don't i'm floored uh yeah caleb's right this looks fine like it looks like it could be something but it also i don't know uh it's a really short it also trailer. looks like it could be nothing yes it, it yeah it's one of those trailers where it's like we're not going to say anything it's just like here's the general thing and then here's a bunch of images it's like oh, okay that's fine so uh it's a toss-up who knows our next trailer is for a series titled Masul. All
0: right, uh, tell me about this one because he did the thing again. God, and you posted the same trailer twice. Damn
1: it! I'm really good at that. I'm excellent <laughs> at 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 that. Uh, basically, the general gist, and I want to find the the synopsis, but like, it's about um, a Middle Eastern SWAT team who's town has been like destroyed by the Taliban or ISIS, one or the other. Can't remember right now, off the top of my head, but it was one of those groups. Yep, just pulled up the trailer. Uh, when ISIS took their homes, families, and city, one group of men fought to take it all back. Based on true events, this is the story of the Nineveh SWAT team, a renegade police unit who waged a guerrilla operation against ISIS in a desperate struggle to save their home city of Mosul. Watch Mosul November 26th, only on Netflix. Huh. Uh, it's 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 a series. I don't don't know how it's a series, but they they made a series. I
0: don't know. That sounds cool, though. It Sounds dope. It
1: does. I'll
0: agree to does that. Does it look action packed?
1: Action packed, drama packed, packed. It just looks packed. We'll see how many it is. I think that's the big the big tell of how good it will be because like sometimes netflix originals are just like ah put as many fucking episodes as we possibly can in there people like watching stuff
2: okay
0: there's also a, a trailer for the princess switch Two switched again mm-hmm. uh that we don't need to talk about that's correct but uh, it exists. the next one <laughs> the next one is for uh, a limited series called the mess you leave behind
1: yes yes this is correct
0: How long will it take for you to die? The mess you leave behind comes to Netflix December 11th. That's the whole description. Um, It's about a teacher who's replacing a teacher who killed herself, Mm -hmm. and her students are mean. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I get the the impression that maybe there was foul play. She didn't really kill herself. I don't know. I haven't Mm -hmm. seen it.
1: Uh, That seems to be
0: the direction the trailer is taking.
1: It could be interesting. I like the title, though. So may- maybe that'll make me actually check out the series, is the title.
2: Yeah.
0: You're not invited to my house anymore on account of the mess you leave behind.
1: Well, now it just sounds terrible, so thanks.
0: <laughs> uh, Next is Holiday Home Makeover with Mr. Christmas! It's the holiday makeover show we need right now! Exclamation point, and comma as always as Mister Christmas says comma it's time to go Christmas balls to the wall. Um, shouldn't begin a sentence on a with and, um. Mister Christmas is more than just an interior designer. Ellipsis, he spreads holiday joy and transforms everyday homes into holiday spectacles. For Mr. Christmas, the holiday season is about celebrating love, life, family, and friends through tradition. Watch as he works around the clock to deliver jaw-dropping holiday home makeovers for the most wonderful time of the year. Watch Holiday Home Makeover with Mr. Christmas only on Netflix! This is a show about a stranger who comes into your home during an international pandemic and... Uh, puts up trees and tinsel.
1: Uh, <laughs> yes, probably, but I feel like he actually showed up like last Christmas when they when they filmed it, and they were like, "Okay, so we filmed this last Christmas, so it's time to put this out for this Christmas." Uh, as I say in the show notes, I only put this in in the doc to enrage you. I didn't actually care if we watched it or not. Uh, it's a it's a ho- <laughs> it's a home makeover show, which I already don't give a fuck about. With the added twist of it being about Christmas, which I, I definitely don't give a fuck about. Like I'm the person who wants like the smallest little tree possible, sh- like shoved off in a fucking corner with nothing on it, and be like, "Well, I decorated."
0: Hooray! Uh, next trailer is for We Are the Champions. Explore an array of unique competitions from the quirky to the bizarre and meet their passionate communities in this docu-series from executive producer Rain Wilson. Only on Netflix November 17th. Uh, It's Dwight Schrute talking about the uh, beet farming contest. I don't know. They talk about weird competitions in the world, like Mm -hmm. the thing where they chase a cheese wheel down the hill. Yep. And... uh,
1: they got a chili-eating competition. Uh,
0: eating chili peppers. Yeah. So, like, Homer puts the wax on his tongue and eats a bunch of them. Uh, they have frog <laughs> jumping, which yep. is, like, kind of what it sounds like. You, like, have to hop after a frog. There's a yo-yo contest. Uh, I'll tell you what. The yo-yo contest brought dog... back uh,
1: distinct memories of Duncan yo-yos. Do you remember those back in the day?
0: Uh, I do. I knew a couple people who had Dunkin' yo-yos.
1: Yeah, you know another one, me, because I had them. Uh, I don't know why, but I did.
0: Did uh, didn't they come with like a little book of tricks that you could? Yeah. Try I, to teach yourself. Yeah, and then, like I, nobody could figure out how to actually do it.
1: Correct. That is exactly what happened to me. Uh, therefore, I gave up.
0: Uh, the other competitions are fancy hairstyling and dog dancing.
1: These are things that people with way too much time do.
0: And things that people with way too much time watch, Uh, which is everybody. I, I bet this will do very well because there's a pandemic and nobody has a job.
1: Yeah. We've had one pandemic, but what about second pandemic?
0: I don't know. I might watch this if I need a distraction. And by that uh, you
1: mean when you come home from work one day your wife will be watching this and you'll just sit down and well, be like I guess I'm watching this now.
0: I don't know. I just need something that's innocent and hopeful because uh I was reading today about uh how 2021 is likely to be even worse than 2020 because of all of the pandemic and joblessness there's going to be like widespread famine. Uh, as a result of it, and it's going to get very bad. Hooray! Next trailer is for Dan Stream's Hot Chocolate Nutcracker. I feel like you make up these titles just to test me.
1: Oh, dude, if I was this creative, do you think I'd be stuck on this podcast?
0: I don't know. It reminded me of uh, Chocolate City Vegas Strip. Except it's not that, because it's about kids.
1: Yeah, uh, also, if I was that creative, do you think our episode titles would be as boring as they are? I can write
0: you episode titles.
1: That's true, and I always forget to ask you.
0: Every year, students at Debbie Allen Dance Academy perform a genre-busting, cutting-edge rendition of the Nutcracker Ballet called Hot Chocolate Nutcracker. The documentary follows legend Debbie Allen and her students as they prepare for the show-stopping main event. Uh, Only on Netflix, November 27th. What do you think of Dan Stream's Hot Chocolate Nutcracker?
1: I only know of one thing. This is produced by Shondaland, which is another Shonda Rhimes production. So this is actually the second Shondaland's thing that has uh, popped up. Uh, in the last, what, two weeks since I was like, what the fuck is Shonda Rhimes doing? So, obviously, I just need (laughs) to throw more questions out there asking what the fuck are people doing.
0: All right. Um, Last but not least is uh, a little teaser trailer for Canvas. Uh, Canvas tells the story of a grandfather who, after suffering a devastating loss, is sent into a downward spiral and loses his inspiration to create. Years later, he decides to revisit the easel and pick up the paintbrush, but he can't do it alone. Uh, this is a, a CG animated film uh, about a sad grandpa, and presumably how he bonds with his family while he's in his uh, twilight years. So if that sounds good, watch it
1: it's true uh, this comes out on December 11th and this actually could be decent
0: Uh, yeah I don't know the, like I said it's just a little teaser doesn't really tell you a whole lot but uh, it be real uh, I like think that's the trailer
1: good. I think that's all yeah. they're giving us now I, I did look it up it is going to be a silent movie that makes sense
0: because it was a silent trailer
1: yeah so, when they say movie, I don't know if that means short short movie, a short film or something like that cuz I feel like it's going to be a short film. But we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll cross that bridge whenever we get more information on it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Trailers looked fine this week. Uh, let's let's get into quick hits. Uh and this will be quick for me. I watched uh, Frankenstein's Monsters Monster Frankenstein again because I had exactly 30 minutes to <laughs> fill, uh, and I was like, "Yeah, fuck it, why not?" Yeah, it's uh, uh, it, it's a show that gives you a good chuckle here and there. and uh,
1: And that's how you got into Juilliard
0: yeah i don't know that like that's obviously the best part of it is uh the parts that aren't the play although i i love the sea captain character but uh, I, yes, I like play by uh, play by i like Dr. just the Optimus. random little vignettes with his dad yeah
1: yeah yeah that's a, that's a good short it's a good short on netflix yeah. so. uh we talked we 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 incidentally came up with, with the best Netflix original shorts category last year for only one specific reason: Stan Bash Brothers uh, again. Uh, <laughs> which, whatever, that's fine. Know, uh,
0: Frankenstein's monsters, monster Frankenstein, is uh, not as good as Bash Brothers, but better than what did Jack do?
1: Oh, it's one hundred percent better than what, what did Jack do because what did Jack do is just absurdist David Lynch stuff.
0: Yeah, although I did I did like what did Jack do. Uh huh. All, all I want to know is what that Jack do.
1: What what that Ava do? Uh, as <laughs> for me, I watched. Well, I finished Blood of Zeus. Uh, it's only eight episodes, so it's a relatively short watch. They're all about half an hour piece. Uh, this follows a very similar trajectory to the first season of Castlevania, which is like some action happens here and there. It's mostly drama, but then the final episode is action packed as fuck because. Uh, that's where they decided to put all their budget to. Uh, I won't go into specific plot details, but as I said last week, it's basically, basically about, uh, how Zeus fucked around on Hera and Hera's upset. Uh, and they paint her as the villain the whole time, despite the fact that Zeus cheated on her. So Mm -hmm. if you, if you want to know how, uh, Greek mythology used to be in painting Hera as the, the bad guy, uh, there it is. It's like a throwback to that where, oh, Hera's bad because she's mad she, because she was cheated on. Okay. It's not Zeus's fault. It's Hera's fault. Uh, it's I, true. Overall, animation's pretty good. Done by the same people who did Castlevania. Uh, and for those of you who are unaware, that that is Powerhouse Studios. They are out of Austin, Texas. So what does that make this? <gasps> An animated series, not anime despite everyone's best efforts to try to change it into anime. I don't know why everyone wants to brand anything animated and sort of adult-oriented as anime. It's not. So uh, there you go, Katie, From for your reference. That is me coming to the defense of anime, because this is not anime. Uh, voice acting is solid. Uh, I can tell you right now, I don't know any of the voice actors. Uh, I think Netflix is mainly pretty good at getting a bunch of no-names. To be their stars. I mean, other than what? Oh God, what is his name in um, Castlevania? Main character. That's not Alucard. Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, Trevor. I mean, he's a uh, he's an established actor, but otherwise, uh, nobody really of note in this one. So <laughs> there's there's at least that. Uh, as per usual, Netflix originals. Too many characters, not enough time. They're 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 spreading themselves over like nine hundred different characters, and it's like, holy fuck, just focus on like three or four. If you focus on three or four, you have a much stronger narrative, so I don't I don't under, ever understand when they decide here here's a hundred fucking characters. Like uh for instance, Ashley and I were just watching um Daredevil season three, because she's doing Daredevil for Rabbit Ears this month. And you mm-hmm. know, they have they have Matt. Karen, Foggy, Fisk, uh, Bullseye, and the the FBI agent who uh, has a family, and it's like, all right, that's six characters. That's way too many. Like, I I can't possibly care about all of these characters. Like, what what are you doing with this? Uh, And that's it. Uh, Blood of Zeus is fine. I might watch the second season. We'll see how it looks whenever uh, the trailer for it comes out. But. I mean, it was popular enough. It was on the top ten on Netflix, so uh, I don't anticipate this ever not getting a second season unless it, like, truly failed. All right. And the final thing I watched was The Last Dance. Yes, I am finally getting to this. This is the documentary about the 1998 Chicago Bulls uh, and their quest to win a their sixth and final NBA title. So... Uh, mainly it's a documentary like that's mostly about Michael Jordan because from 1984 until 1998, the Chicago Bulls were Michael Jordan. Like, uh, I mean, yes, they had like Scottie Pippen and eventually Dennis Rodman, but like, you can't tell the story of the Bulls without like Michael Jordan, uh, and him being possibly the best athlete of all time. Uh, and this goes through like the trials and tribulations of the the Chicago Bulls and like what happened to their to their dynasty at the end to cause it to break up hint it was management management was like oh we don't know if we can compete with these guys anymore because they're in their mid thirties and it's like uh what I mean they're y- yeah sure they're not in their physical prime but they just fucking won a championship and you're telling me you're not gonna compete anymore with them okay uh Michael Jordan it might be the only person more petty than my mom on planet Earth. <laughs> This dude will go out uh and take any little slight against him and use that as motivation to do better the next time. Like he even made up a story like one time where a guy had had like a 25 point game and Michael Jordan himself was having a bad game. So he made up a story that the guy said, you know, "Hey, nice game, MJ," as he walked off the court. And then the following night they played that team again and he fucking put up like 50 against them. Like he he just does that. Like any, never talk shit to Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan will just go, "All right, fuck you and your whole life and family. I'm gonna now destroy you." And that's what he would do on the basketball court, which is in itself kind of awesome, but also uh, ridiculously petty. So uh, I recommend the Last Dance. It's actually very entertaining. Dennis Rodman's a treat. His episode is number three. You should all watch the Dennis Rodman episode so uh, there's that that's everything that I watched this week
2: alright uh, well with that why don't
0: we cut into a quick break and when we come back uh, we'll talk about our main review topic for the week The Queen's Gambit The Netflix and Swill podcast is brought to you by our patrons Gerald Morris Bill Sutton Nick Haskins Ashley The Bubby Gorski Ben Kiefer Paul Prezula Daniel Henderson, Julio Oliveira, Jimmy DeLaRosa, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, Justin Esquivel, Nate Wade, Alan Gallarisi, Duty Dutram, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, find us at Netflixandswill.com/patreon. Buy some shit. Visit Netflixandswill.com/merch. Leave a review and tell me how good I'm getting at public speaking. Visit NetflixandSwill.com slash Apple Podcasts. Thanks for letting us live our dreams of being professional idiots. We now return you to your regularly scheduled banter.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it's time to get into our main view topic for the week, The Queen's Gambit.
0: Uh, the Queen's Gambit is a new drama miniseries from Netflix created by Scott Frank and Alan Scott starring Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, this is an 8.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, I liked it a lot. Dan, what did you think?
1: Uh, I like it. I don't know if it should be as high as an 8.8, but there's some genuine quality to this. Uh, particularly with uh, a lot of the cinematography, the costume design, the performances. The story, for the most part, is good. It does sag towards the middle end, but uh, by the end, it's raised itself back up, and Uh, I I enjoyed it quite a bit.
0: This is going to be my hot take of the week. Uh, I think this might be one of the best things that Netflix has produced.
1: That's an allowable hot
0: take. I allow
1: that. All right, and that's our review. All right, good job. We did it. Yeah. I will say, so non-spoiler first, uh, mainly keeping you to the first two episodes, Anya Taylor-Joy is wonderful. I mean, she... She kills it. I think this is her big starring role. I know she's been in, like, The Witch and Split. I'm sorry, The Vavitch and Split. So mm-hmm. so I know she's done other stuff, but uh, this is the one where she basically gets to do whatever she wants. Like, she, she gets to run an entire range of emotions, show off the most, so... Uh, I will call this her star-making performance, despite the fact that uh, she's probably already a star in some people's eyes.
0: Yeah, um... It also is worth mentioning uh, Isla Johnson as her younger self, mm-hmm. uh, mainly in the first episode, was very good. I agree with that. So, uh, congratulations, you made me care about a a child actor.
1: Yeah. Who would have thought a series all about chess would actually be interesting?
0: Yeah, because, like, at face value, you're like, well... You know, I'm not particularly interested in chess strategy. Like, why didn't they just make this a movie? It is extremely compelling. And you don't need to have a deep knowledge of uh, chess and mathematics and strategy to be able to enjoy it. You just need to be able to enjoy uh, people being smarter than you. <laughs> right, which, uh, understandable if you're not
1: that kind of person that enjoys that those kind of people. But... Uh... They're smarter in ways, but in other ways they're fucking dumber. Like, uh, there, there's one character later in the series who's like, it, like a savant when it comes to chess, but he's a fucking moron with literally everything else that he does. He's, uh, he's kind of yeah. wonderful.
0: I don't know. I think that this is also like a weirdly progressive show, given that it's set in the time period it is, like. There's several points where it could have turned to like oh there's there's going to be you know a rape scene or like this guy's going to try to take advantage of her. Yes. because of course that would happen. And it doesn't happen.
1: Right. She's a, she's a woman in a man's field, predominantly man's field.
0: She she does have her demons. Uh she does survive, you know, various traumas. But um you know, she's not a victim. It's a it's about a woman who uh, is unapologetic about excelling academically mm-hmm. and uh, owning her sexuality mm-hmm. and owning her actions and uh basically just not taking any shit from anybody and uh that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Before we were gonna watch this, uh, I was paying attention to some Netflix, you know, Instagram stories about this, and something they mentioned a lot was costume design mainly how a lot of her costumes are either checkerboarded or black and white uh, Mm -hmm. to, you know, basically going off of the chess motif from that. So like the costume design is beautiful and stunning. Like she is, they say it multiple times in the series. She's into fashion, especially as she gets older. So, uh, her dressing more elegantly, uh, as, as time goes on from being an orphan to, you know, uh, I I think at one point the criticism was like, hey, you want to be fashionable, therefore you're not a serious chess player. And I was like, I don't think those two things conflate, but I mean, good job grasping for
0: straws, bud. I don't know. I had, I guess just one other point, uh, like a reason I like this show, before we get into spoilers. It's, sure. Uh, like the other kind of main theme of it is uh, like finding your family. Because... You know, like obviously Beth's an orphan Mm -hmm. and um, has sort of like a weird, shaky, like tenuous relationship with the orphanage where she lives and like her newly adopted parents. And she kind of uh, like starts building her circle outwards from um, a very narrow starting point. So uh, I like that.
1: You no, know, it's a good point, and I, I didn't really think about that till you brought it up. So,
0: yeah, because like uh, by the end of it, like her her ultimate end game is to face down you know the best chess players in the world who were Russian at the time, and uh, you know they all kind of you know when they adjourn from a game and you know we'll come back to it the next day, they'll all meet up and strategize and uh, basically play as a team. So that's how she's able to, to kind of match that is by, you know, she has the realization that she also has a team of people who have crossed her path, and she kind of relies on them.
1: Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, because I, I do want to talk about that and what it means. But uh, I I don't even think I should be asking this, but what would you rate the Queen's Gambit? Four and half. Four and Haif, Okay. Uh, I thought you were gonna go for the mythical five stars, but uh, that's why I didn't. I'm stuck because this oscillates between like a three and a half and a four for me. It's that it really is good. Uh, I I do think the middle end sags a bit too much, where it's weirdly enough it doesn't focus on chess in any way. Uh, that is when I feel like the story kind of sags. Uh, but I won't get too much more into that. So I'll say three and a half for now, just because I like being more pessimistic, mm-hmm. early, like before I crystallize thoughts. But uh, this could easily move to a four as I think about it more.
0: Um, I understand what you mean, though. Like the a- aside from just like story things happening, like the early episodes are kind of teaching us the language of chess. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, how she understands things, and then, uh, like, once we understand that, the show, like, stops holding our hand in that regard, and then it's like, well, now it just feels different, so, I don't know. I I get what you mean.
1: Yeah. Alright. So, with that, we are going to to cut into spoilers so if you would not like to be spoiled by the queen's gambit and you would like to check it out for yourself first of all we recommend you do so and second of all uh skip ahead to our later review for gants O, which i originally thought was gants zero but whatever we'll get to that when it comes to that time so
2: oh
0: today i learned let me just play the ending for you no no i don't want to see how it ends Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No no, like,
1: no, no, no. I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, yet. but the ending is awesome. So if I could so just play it. In- this is what you always
0: do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see you. it. Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now.
1: So the, the team aspect, I, I want to talk about that real quick. Because, like, right at the beginning of that episode seven is when. She, like, she, we hear from her mom basically say, like, you don't rely on boys for anything. Like, men, men are only going to hurt you and do stuff because this is Lifetime slash Netflix. And I went, oh, okay. So she's just going to try to keep doing things on her own, like, not accept the help of the male dominated sport of chess that she's in. And then when that happens, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I guess I never really thought this was possible for everybody that she's ever played against to come together and want to help her to win. But oh, okay, I'm fine with this.
0: Yeah, it's like... Uh, I don't know what like a comparable thing would be. It's like uh, Macho Man and Hulk Hogan squashing their beef to like take on fucking Andre the Giant, I don't know. I don't know if that matchup ever happened. Uh, is there anything
1: else you want to talk about? Or, or I'm sorry. Is there anything you want to talk about in, in spoilers particularly?
0: I didn't really expect it, but like it, this, this show goes a long way towards making uh, Anya Taylor-Joy like kind of a sex icon. Like she's very sexy in like, like I said, she owns her sexuality, mm-hmm. but like, She's not, like, slutty, she just knows what she's about, and just does it, and doesn't think of the consequences, which is, like, also because, uh like, she's very badly addicted to multiple substances throughout yes. the course of the show, which is her main vice, but, uh, I don't know, like, they they did a lot with her, like, they like she was super awkward in like the scenes where she was supposed to be really young and stuff like with the hair and everything like oh the really the hair <laughs>
1: in the first couple episodes is fucking terrible
0: <laughs> uh they really made her a disaster but by the end of it she's uh uh a vivacious and stunning woman so good good for her i guess i don't know i don't know i'm i'm weird about i don't know how to talk about people's appearances she's hot there, I said it.
1: I mean, you could just be Gerald right now and being really weird about yeah. it.
0: I don't know. Like, I just uh, thought that that was really... And, like, it's through the lens of chess, so, like, it's just unique, I guess. But, like, I don't know. that. Like, I think that's a sexy thing, is, like, you just... You know what you're about, and you just go for it. I don't yeah. know.
1: It almost feels like Gamer girls, for instance, like you don't see like up until recently, like girls playing video games was like kind of unheard of. So it was like, oh, you're a girl who plays video games. Wow. You're super attractive.
0: Because all XD. So random.
1: Yeah. Right. So like, I, I guess I could see comparisons through that. Uh, I don't think that a girl being good at video games is as compelling as a girl playing chess, because I think there is a level of intelligence that, with chess, it's required, and video games. I, there, yes, there is some intelligence required, but also it's about who has better thumbs, and yeah, that's
0: just reflexes and hand-eye coordination.
1: Uh so you know Jack Burton be a very good video gamer because it's all in the reflexes. Yeah, I do like that. Like the addiction aspect is there, uh, and not just from her, but also her uh, adopted mother, who is uh, an alcoholic. And uh, I wouldn't say she was addicted to her tranquilizers, but she was on tranquilizers, uh, which has now sparked the meme. All I need is my tranquility, uh, which is now (laughs) super popular and and such things. But uh, the undercurrent of addiction is very interesting because like classic addict signs are you only think you're good at everything you're doing when you're high or drunk or whatever. And for her, she has the addiction of the tranquilizers and the alcohol. So she's just pounding alcohol. She's pounding tranquilizers to you know be good at chess because that's how that's where she thinks she's best. Like she even says it late in the show where she's like, "I'm I'm best when my mind is cloudy."
0: Well, that's uh, also like the um, the really interesting thing they do is like whenever she's a kid, they like at the orphanage they give her. Like, they give all the kids tranquilizers so that they don't misbehave, which is fucking horrible. So, like, they they get her addicted to it. Right. But, like, whenever she first becomes obsessed with chess, like, she will save her tranquilizers for nighttime so she can feel good. And uh she'll, like, visualize the game on her ceiling above her bed. And that's, like, she'll... She'll keep doing that throughout and she'll play through like, um, possible moves and like what to do and, um, what to do in every situation. So like she's, by the time she actually starts playing chess for real against opponents that aren't the school janitor, um, she's pretty much visualized every possible scenario, which is why she's able to play so intuitively and so successfully.
1: Right. And uh, obviously, that eventually culminates in the finale, where she plays her game with um, uh, Borgov, uh, and she's not high or anything. And uh, and up until this point, she hasn't been able to summon that like spectrally kind of chessboard on the ceiling, uh, mm-hmm. un- unless she's high. And then she finally summons it at the very end to, to be able to defeat Borgov, because she's able to play yep. out the game.
0: And she's like looking up at the ceiling and everybody's uh
1: i like, what the fuck is everybody's chilling?
0: looking up like the fuck is she doing?
1: Yeah. Were there any other kind of standout performances to you in in the series? And I know we we've talked a lot about Anya Taylor Joy and uh her younger version, but uh any anybody else that you particularly cared for?
0: Uh I liked Dudley Dursley.
1: <laughs> That's uh it's very funny because I started watching this before um, before we did our Harry Potter thing with Gerald, and uh, there he was, Dudley Dursley, in all of his glory, and I'm like, huh, I guess this guy just works for Netflix now because he's in no other things except for Harry Potter and Netflix shows.
0: Well, at least, uh, unlike Daniel Radcliffe, the things that he's in actually get released.
1: True! Although Daniel Radcliffe has more money than God, so he never really needs to have to look again.
0: Um, Fucking Rupert Grint made so much goddamn money off of the Harry Potter movies that uh, he retired and just drives around England in an ice cream truck giving free ice cream to kids.
1: Hopefully we never hear, update, Rupert Grint, pedophile.
0: (laughs) Uh, I was going to make the joke also. Uh, Also in the UK they say pedophile. Peter File. <laughs> His name is Peter File.
1: That's something I do appre- I do want to appreciate about the show is that uh, Mr. Scheibel is a much older janitor who is seemingly very lonely and at no point mm-hmm. does he ever attempt to molest the young Yes. That young was
2: girl.
0: that was the first moment in the show there were two moments mainly in the show that made me worried and that was the first one cuz it was like oh no. This is going to be a show about a young girl getting molested, because she goes into the basement, and there's the the janitor in there, and he just turns out to be a genuinely nice guy. So maybe that's uh, that's a problem with me for assuming that uh, a grown man who wants to play with a child that's not his own is a pedophile.
1: I- I wouldn't say, I'll, I'm not going to call it your problem, I'm going to call it Hollywood's problem, because Hollywood has kind of conditioned us to believe that it is going to be yeah. an issue always, is anytime you see an old man plus child equals potential pedophile.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm pretty sure Michael Jackson didn't diddle those kids.
1: Uh, I have no opinion one way or the other because I haven't read any of the case files, so I'm not going to say one way or the other. Uh, but, well, so what was the other moment that made you worried?
0: Uh, whenever the guy wanted to take pictures of her in his hotel room, but that guy turned out to be gay.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not going to say, this is an excuse making, but it seemed like she wanted something to happen anyway, so I'm not going to say you know she mm-hmm. wouldn't have wanted it and and if it turned out that way maybe she would have you know reconsidered in the moment but
0: right cuz she was she was in that ad- adolescent stage and you know exploring her sexuality or whatever but yeah you know it it definitely would have been inappropriate
1: yeah yeah a bit uh, i was actually a bit more worried when uh, alston is around because alston was very distant and it seemed like Sometimes when you have those distant characters in productions, they are the ones that are the, the pedophiles. So I was like, oh, maybe he's going to be the pedophile. And it's like, oh, no, he's just a piece of shit in a different way.
0: Yeah. He's just deadbeat dad. All right. Um. Yeah, it's I don't I don't really want to get into too much more. Like, I think you should watch this and yeah. kind of experience it firsthand. Like, I don't want to go beat by beat and tell you the whole fucking story because you should watch the story.
1: Yeah. It's uh, seven episodes, so seven hours, roughly, of of, of a pretty good show.
0: All right. Uh, why don't we cut into a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about uh, Gantz O, um, a movie.
2: Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Well, nerds, geeks, and newcomers alike, we're the Shaken Not Nerd Podcast, where each week we review movies and video games and discuss... What's going on in the nerd world? With me as always is my co-host Ian the Huge Footlong Johnson. Hey babes. The Tom, hello there. And Ollie, also known as Big Red. Hi. And I'm your host, Duty Dootron.
0: And this is us. About five minutes beforehand, I was talking to my friends being like, they make me say I love Harvey Nolan. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I'm, do, I'm not doing it. The second they said that, I'm like, I love Harvey yes. Fresh out. I'll suck it, Dick! I'll suck it, Dick! For one.
1: it's right. Pink just released a new album, which apparently. Is really Thank good. God! Title purple. Pink, right? No. <laughs> Two in the. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find us, guys?
0: Why are you looking at me this time?
2: <laughs> well, I do believe you can find us on any relevant social media outlets. Or the podcast app of choice. Mm. Oh, there are a lot of good ones. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Shake and nerd
0: welcome back ladies and gentlemen dan uh it's time to talk about a patron who really fucked up
1: well fine if you don't want my money you mean if we watch terrible movies you'd give us money well sure mr caleb welcome to the patron review segment Uh, that is correct. Thanks to patron extraordinaire of literally every podcast we're friends with, Chris Yeenie. Uh We watched the anime, and I'm going to call it anime movie, because this is originally from Japan, and has it doesn't have the anime mm. art style, but Though it, isn't. it desperately wants to be an anime. Uh,
0: Gans-O. Yeah. Uh, Gans-O is a 2016 animation action drama film Uh It is Japanese, it reminded me of Final Fantasy The Spirits Within, but not as good. Uh, Shockingly, a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb. After being brutally murdered in a subway station, a teen boy awakens to find himself resurrected by a strange computer named Gantz, and forced to fight a large force of invading aliens in Osaka. Uh, This is based on the anime, based on the manga. Um, Like all movies, based on anime's... That it's trying to condense down to an hour and a half. Uh, it fails. Uh, Dan, what did you think of Gantz O? I'm now looking up Gantz. Because I didn't know this was
1: actually an anime at some point.
0: Yeah, uh, this reminds me of the live action Full Metal Alchemist movie that was on Netflix.
2: Oh, my. Which,
0: like, only, only possibly made sense if you had watched every episode of the anime. But, like,. Unless you're really crunched for time, just watch the anime because they got it right the first time.
1: Yeah, so this is a a twenty. It's a twenty six episode
2: anime. Uh, I'm looking. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would actually be interested in checking out the original anime, mainly yeah, because it's from uh, two thousand
1: four. So that means no CGI bullshit.
0: Because like this has. A lot of ideas. Yes. That can't be fleshed out in 95 minutes. Right. Um. Also, like, presumably, like, I, th- I feel like the anime is sort of akin to something like Sword Art Online. It's like, they're in the real world, but it's like people who were killed and brought back by this mysterious computer. And, like, they have to play a game where they fight these aliens, but, like, the aliens are actually invading Earth and killing people. Yes. But then they get scored at the end of it, and based on their score, they can uh, get out of the game and go back to their normal lives. Or they can bring back a dead player or they can, like, keep playing and be given superior weaponry if they get enough points. And also, there's hot chicks. and uh, Yeah. The, the main guy falls... Yeah, there's there's jiggly boob physics and uh the main character falls in love with a girl in about 30 seconds, mm-hmm. which is very anime. Yep. Um I don't know. So like anything else in Japanese pop culture, it's overly sexualized because um they're sexually repressed and uh don't get to express themselves sexually. Yeah, I, I agree with a lot of with a lot of what you're saying. There's a
1: lot of ideas here. There's too many characters. I'm like this desperately wants to be an anime. Like this, they desperately yeah. want this to be fleshed out, but they can't flesh it out because they have 90 minutes to do such a thing, and that doesn't work. <laughs> uh, I do. I will say one thing. I do appreciate the general creature design, mainly because they are based off of actual Japanese yokai and oni.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, there definitely was a Kappa in one of the scenes.
1: Yeah. And you had the, the, the face with the wheel, uh, the face in the wheel. Yep. Uh, I don't know what those are called, but, like, I've seen enough uh, anime shit because I am a closet weeb that I was familiar with a lot of the things that they were doing. So that kind of kept me engaged. Uh, they also had a giant fighting robot, which, you know, classic Japanese anime shit right there.
0: Yeah and like the the giant fighting robot decloaks and starts to fight the giant yokai and uh the the entire response from the onlookers is to look up and say oh there really is a giant fighting robot in japan mm-hmm. <laughs> which i did appreciate it's like, all right
1: uh but otherwise i mean i watched this in native japanese because i couldn't take the lip movement's not matching because i'm a psychopath uh
0: yeah, which is... I I don't really care about that. I watched enough Godzilla movies when I was young to get over it. Watch out for Godzilla. That joke doesn't land cuz they can't see your lips.
1: Oh, uh, that's, that's a good point. Uh regard but like that drives me nuts and anything. I have to watch everything in original language now with subtitles, which uh it's fine, because Ashley's deaf as it is, so she can't hear yeah. uh, and needs subtitles anyway. So you're better off just listening in the original voice acting. Especially when they don't give a fuck about localizing at all. And that's that's the big problem with that, is, like, when you're not trying to match lip movement, it just kind of shows me that you don't give a fuck. Uh, which, like, okay, fine. So you don't give a fuck, so why should I give a fuck?
0: Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't watching their lips anyway. I was watching all of the jiggly boob physics.
1: Yeah, that's my favorite. Is the 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 character with the big boobs? They just call her Jugs, which is yeah. uh, problematic. But like the she,
0: computer calls her that.
1: It it does. But uh, let's not forget that she also has no character arc whatsoever because she is no. She's in, just kind of there. Time. It's just like, oh, she was a model, and she has boobs. Okay, cool character, bro.
0: And then there's uh, Scared Older Man, and uh, Gamer Boy, and then uh, uh, Thirsty Girl, who he falls in love with after ten seconds.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like I said, this desperately wants to be a series, because nothing is fleshed out at all. Uh, And so, uh, I might try to look for the series,
0: but... Like, it just kind of has... The makings like you can tell it's supposed to be like this sweeping dramatic like mm-hmm. uh like very large thing that they tried to cram into ninety minutes, so like the whole the whole thing is just one mission, and they kind of refer to the fact that there have been and will be other missions that they go on, but like it's just is just one one mission it's the guy's first mission and he kicks all the ass for no apparent reason after he figures out how to kick ass. Yep. And uh yeah, that's that's basically it.
1: Uh there is there is a final twist though, uh regarding our main
0: character. Did you see it coming? Is it, uh pretty much, yeah. Oh.
1: No, I was actually figured I actually didn't, so wanted to give the movie props for that. It,
0: yeah, because he's he's been in the game many, many times and keeps Saving everybody, and then getting out, and then coming back in to save everybody again.
1: That's his character flaw, is that he tries to save everybody. So he 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 dies at the beginning of the movie trying to save people. And then, you know, he lives saving a bunch of people. He keeps bringing them back and back and all this stuff. And I'm sure in a fleshed-out series. This is more interesting, but I could, I just couldn't care. I just did not care.
0: Alright, so if you're interested at all in the Gantz property, uh, maybe start with the manga.
1: Yeah. Start with uh, something longer form than this 90-minute movie.
0: I don't know. What did you think about the whole Final Fantasy spirits within of it?
1: I thought I was going to hate the animation style, but I was more fine with it like uh I don't know my my big problem was they did snap zooms in an animated movie which made me increasingly upset uh because snap zoom is the worst thing that's ever happened to movies aside from narration but uh don't do it in an animated movie there's no real reason to Uh, But otherwise, like, the animation style didn't bug me as much as I thought it would.
2: Huh. Apparently,
0: this is uh, one of at least four times that this series has been uh, made into a movie. Oh! Because there's there's another one just called Gantz in 2010. Uh, Then there was 2011, they had Gantz, perfect answer. And then also in 2011, 2011... they had a made-for-TV movie called Another Gantz.
1: <laughs> that sounds right.
0: <laughs> Gantz Two: The Squeakle.
1: I think we're done. What would you give Gantz? Oh, uh,
0: it's like a two. Like I said, yeah. there's a lot of big ideas that like that don't get translated to this format like like i said like you there's a lot to enjoy here if you are a fan of the original source material already but i am not i'm not familiar with it so it didn't work
1: yeah uh yeah it feels like we just have characters to have characters for for no
0: reason yeah yeah and like i'm sure people who are really into the series or whatever like they. They watch it. and It's like, oh, there's there's Reika, there's Anzu Yamasaki, there's Hachiro Oka, there's all these other memorable characters. Yeah. That. That I have no fucking connection to.
1: Yeah, pretty much. That's. That's. I I agree with that completely. Two two is the correct answer.
0: All right. Uh, with that, let's get ready to wrap up the show. Dan, what are we doing on the show next week? Well, uh, you've had a much better track record of picking things for us to watch than
1: I have recently, so uh, you have selected a double feature for us in terms of Netflix originals.
0: Yeah. Uh, a foreign horror double feature.
1: Yeah. Uh, first is uh, Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight, uh, which I don't have that pulled up right now, but that is a... yeah uh polish uh horror movie uh, i don't know what it is about but uh you might have it up
0: um i don't know i looked at it real quick it's like uh kids who are addicted to technology they get sent to like a camp out in the woods uh to like get themselves off of social media and their phones and video games and reconnect with the real world and stuff and then i guess there's a murderer or something
1: yeah, uh the Netflix uh, sy- uh synopsis is addicted to technology a group of teens attends a rehabilitation camp in the forest but a sinister force there intends to take them offline forever.
0: Yeah, uh and also we will be doing Cadaver uh which is a Norwegian horror movie. Mhm. Uh this is one we had on downstream a little while back. Uh it is about A couple who get invited to a a party at a weird hotel in a post-apocalyptic world where they're uh, presumably being fed people or something as the main course.
1: Yep, Soylent Green is what they're being fed.
2: Alright.
0: So I look forward to that, uh, especially because it's a combined three hours of stuff that I have to watch for next (laughs) week, which is really great.
1: It's always great.
0: So tell them stuff, Dan.
1: Tell him, Steve, Dave. Uh, <laughs> that's a Mallrats reference. Fuck you, fanboy. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you for getting that. You can find the show at dot com slash Apple Podcasts, take you to our Apple podcast page, where you can subscribe and review our podcast there. Uh, and also, we also have other links to, like, Spotify, Google Podcasts, I think Audible too, but I can't remember. can't be sure, quite honestly. But uh, com takes you to all those places. And head over to patreon.com slash netflixandswill where you can find uh, the Dan Makes Gerald Watch Harry Potter series. That's right, Gerald's finally watching the Harry Potter movies after putting me through the entire franchise of Halloween. And uh, we'll see how this goes. Uh, Gerald was sorted also. Find out what house he is in by subscribing to our Patreon now.
0: <laughs> Jesus.
1: I made him. I, I, I sat there and I listened to him struggle through. He's like, Dan, I don't Would know you what he do like th- a, uh, you do
0: like a BuzzFeed poll?
1: Kinda. It's like the official, unofficial website for Harry Potter. It's like WizardingWorld.com. It used to be Pottermore, but now they changed it to Wizarding World because I guess they took it over. Like, uh, like J.K. Rowling took it over and therefore just changed it to Wizarding World. But... It's like a BuzzFeed like quiz where you can take it and it determines what house you're in.
2: Okay. I can't wait.
1: I can't either. I can't wait for all the other stuff. Oh yeah, Netflix and Swill.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill.
0: Thank you to Space Weather for the use of our theme song, Bitter, uh, which is what we are at Chris Yaney right now. And really the rest of our patrons who keep uh, making us watch things that are bad, even though they know they're bad.
1: Uh, I mean, and, to, uh, to be fair to Christiani, he says I watched it last night uh, in, in <laughs> DM. He was immediately
0: he like, it. "I fucked up." <laughs> yeah,
1: so at least he is remorseful and understands. Yeah. Unlike Nick, who knew what he was doing and did it, and, and he still fucking
0: knew. It. Um. Yeah. So until next week, this is Caleb saying we'll see you next Tuesday.